I'm Dr. Lara Devgan. I'm a plastic surgeon in New York City, the CEO of Scientific Beauty, and of course, a major beauty enthusiast. You are listening to Beauty Bosses, where we chat with fellow industry leaders who are shaping beauty, fashion, wellness, and all things pretty. Hi everyone, I am so excited about today's episode of Beauty Bosses. We have one of my favorite fashion designers on the podcast. Welcome Carly Mark. Thank you, hi. 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 Carly, I am so happy to have you. Carly Mark, contemporary artist, writer, and fashion designer. You guys might be familiar with Carly and her line, Puppets and Puppets, a label that merges fashion and art with unconventional pieces that explore storytelling and non-traditional themes. I especially like the bags with very edible looking cookies on them. Um, Carly holds an impressive resume in the art and fashion world and was nominated for the 2022 CFDA Emerging Designer of the Year Award. We're so excited to have you, Carly. We are thrilled that you're here. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Well, I wanted to start by just learning a little bit more about what brought you into your current role as a fashion designer. Did you know when you were a little kid that you were going to grow up and become a designer? Uh, Yes and no. So when I was a child, my mother told me um, she would come into my room and I'd be drawing little dresses. So she knew, but... uh, I didn't, I'm not sure I knew, you know, she, she always reminded me of that, um, that memory, but, uh, I went into fine art actually, not, not fashion. Like when I, when I got old enough to make a choice, um, I chose, I chose fine art and, um, I moved here to go to art school and I was in the art world for about 10 years. And, um, when I was turning 30, I, I kind of looked around and I thought to myself, do I, do I like this? Do I like what I'm doing? And, and I didn't really like I, there was, um, there was a, there was, there was a part of art that, that felt, um, ingenuine to me. Like art can be really beautiful, but I love, I love going to like the Met. I love going to the Frick. I love seeing historical art, but operating in an art world, um, a, a contemporary art world where there's so much emphasis on the artist and the ego, um, and, and less sometimes about the work itself. Uh, I became a bit disenchanted by it, I think. And, um, I transitioned into fashion and, and fashion, fashion is, it's adjacent, you know, it's, it's very similar. It's not that different, but it's like transparently a product with, which I love. Like, I, I think I was just looking for a bit more structure. Um, and, and I found it and I, I, I love, I love fashion. I love working in fashion. So that, that was my little trajectory. But, um, once I started fashion design, it was very clear to me that it was exactly what I was supposed to be doing. Like, I, I don't know if you experienced that, um, but you try something and it just clicks and you just feel that it's right. That that's how fashion felt to me. That's so cool. Yeah. I think that it obviously feels the same way about you because you've just become this really cool emerging designer to watch and it's been really fun to see you covered in the press and to watch even over the course of five or ten years you just become this 
a major player yeah in a world that I think is really closed off usually yeah it can be it can be it's 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 hard you know it's and it can be very scary but I was very unafraid uh I went into it unafraid and I think that was that's really the, the best thing you can do is anything anything you want to do you have to just go into it um as fearlessly as possible and that fearlessness I think is palpable to an audience or to uh, a patient or you know to anyone around you and and um it's it's magnetic so I think that really helped me um you know 10 years in, in the art world which was which was also very hard and it it always felt like I felt like Sisyphus I was like I am pushing this boulder up a hill and it's like when is when do I when will I feel like I reach the top and and um, the, the disheart the disheartenedness I felt um, from that process, like approaching fashion after that experience, I was like, I've already, I've already done something really hard. I've already work been working at something really hard. I'm not afraid of this. I'm not afraid of hard, um, and I think that that fearlessness got me far fast. You know. How did you literally start? Did you just cut cut your first design and make your first pattern and then scale it? Or did you have, you know, some money in the bank and decide that you were going to hire people to help you do it? Or did you did you start as a one woman show? What, what, I, yeah, what did you literally do when I you were had, first starting out? Yeah, I it was, I didn't, because I, I didn't know what I was doing. So I, um, I just guessed and I had an assistant at the time who had gone to FIT and uh, they had encouraged a line. They were like, let's do it. I was very resistant to it for a while because I was afraid that if I jumped into fashion from art, uh, the art world would no longer be interested in me. But that wasn't true at all. Um, so I started making clothes with with them we would we would draw things and just make them and to me fashion was having a brand was putting on a show you know i didn't think about scale i didn't think about production i didn't think about patterns i just thought do everything you need to do to put on a show and that's what i did um pretty naively uh and it kind of just snowballed from there. I mean, now I'm at a point where I've scaled, I have employees, um, I'm in production, I have multiple retailers. Um, but it really was just a lot of tiptoeing my way to this point, asking a lot of questions, uh, mentors, guessing, a lot of guessing. Um, and I definitely went about things in a roundabout way, but... Um, it's part of why I think people are very interested in my brand because I did it. I did it in the only way I know how, which is make it up. You know, and it's. I think it came out feeling fresh and different, and I think about design in a different way than a lot of designers because I didn't go to school for it. I don't make patterns. I don't know how to sew. You know, so I, I think about it in like a sculptural way. I think about it in a painting way. I think about shows as if they are cinematic. Or theatrical um, and it's and you know it's helped me stand apart but but I really just guessed that's how I got here 
I think that's so cool. I think in some ways, um, that fine disregard for the rules, you know, that that's what makes modern art modern. And I think that's probably what makes modern fashion modern too, mm -hmm. that understanding, understanding it, but having a little bit of a disregard for it uh, makes you interesting for mm -hmm. people. Um, ha has there been something that you've been especially proud of that you've created? Is there one single piece that you think is just, wow, I'm so happy I made that, or that was the right place at the right time and the right item? Yes, um, my cookie bag. So I love the cookie bag. Thank you. <laughs> um, that was the right thing at the right time. Um, and it's just strange enough. It's just cute enough. It's just cool enough. Like it's kind of, it just kind of clicked into place. I'm very proud of it and I really believe in it. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it was definitely the cookie bag. Yeah. And did that propel you onto a new level of visibility? Yes. Yeah. And to this day, the cookie bag, as well as other handbags, because now my accessories um, offer has expanded, is um, it's my best selling product. You know, it's like at the end of the day, the shows are amazing. I love doing them. I love making clothes, but it's the accessories that really carried me forward financially. Yeah. How did you figure out the business model of fashion? Because it's one thing to be sculptural and bring art to fashion and have an artistic vision, but it's a totally separate thing to bring business to it. Mm -hmm. um, and I am just so curious how you walked into that and now you have employees, you have retailers, you've scaled. How did you do that? Um, mentors and a lot of uh, waking up in the morning, being scared, but going to the office anyways. There were a lot of days where I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna do this. I don't know what this means. I don't know, I don't know how to make this happen. And I just kept asking questions, hiring people that wanted to help me um, and to, you know, baby stepped my way towards where I am now, but it was, it was scary. You know, I mean, I say I'm fearless and I am, but I think with fearlessness comes fear. Like you have to bring, bring yourself into fearlessness, like with fear, you know, you're, you're afraid, but you do it anyways. That's to me what fearlessness is. And then that, that's really how I figured out the business side of things. It was just, um, not letting the fear get in the way and, and asking a lot of people for help. Yeah. Is there something that you can think of as a specific example of a mistake you made or a low point or something that you wish you could do again differently? Yeah, um, I've done some collaborations before. I've done a few collaborations before and sometimes they're great and sometimes uh, they don't work out the way you want them to. And I think um, at the end of the day, even if you make a good thing, you really have to promote it, especially in this day and age where everyone's promoting what they're working on, everyone's promoting what they do. Um, you have to push the, the product, you have to push it confidently and consistently because if you don't push it, if you don't build a story around it, if you don't do the press around it, um, it, it won't move and it won't, um, it, won't, it won't do what you want it to do, even if you believe in it, you know? 
Yeah. That's so interesting. How, how do you plan for your future? Like, what do you think the future of Puppets and Puppets is? Um, I really, I'm, I'm a really visceral person. I gravitate towards things that I, that I love. Um, and I really care about honesty and uh, synchronicity. So I, I make sure I listen to myself and I listen to my gut and I, um, I move towards the things that really bring me joy and make my life great. So it's like if I'm designing and, I, and I'm making some type of you know, product and, and I'm, all of a sudden I'm not liking it, I stop and I'm like, why am I doing this? I don't need to do this. And then I move towards the thing that I really love to do. So um, at this point, what I love doing the most is accessories. I love the accessories. I love making handbags. Um, I love seeing people wear the handbags. I love going out into the world and like spotting it in the wild. And so I'm definitely going to um, work on expanding my accessories, offer even more, um, working on some jewelry. Um, these these objects, these items that, that still feel like sculpture to me and that are in a price point um, that the customers and, and my community can, can really buy into because making clothes is really hard and, and it's fun and the shows are great, but um, it, it's hard and it's expensive. Whereas handbags, um, handbags have been much more manageable for me. So I, I think I'll probably be working on handbags a lot more than I have. That's cool. Yeah. And handbags are... A little more durable for people. Yeah. People wear them more, and the cost per use can be a little bit better for the user, mm -hmm. and it can be more fun. Yeah, I agree. I Do agree. you get inspired by Zeitgeist? Because a lot of your popular bags are these consumer food items, like the Haribo gummy bears and the cookies. And um, it, is it something about pop culture and? consumerism that that you like and gravitate toward yeah I I um, I've always been very interested in in consumerism as an American I, I think um, you know America has a really specific way um, we commercialize things there's a really there's a really uh, American way to make things like big and and loud and um, and you know, find ways to make as much money as possible. And and there's something about like that augmentation that I find really interesting and kind of hilarious. I think Americans are really funny, and Americans are very good at humor. And and I really I really love humor. So um, so so yeah. The answer is yeah. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. Are you looking forward to certain specific types of? Um, genres in pop culture like is it food items or is it political figures or is it news stories or is it yeah. all of the above it's, it's kind of all the above yeah yeah it's it, it's a mix of everything I mean I think with social media um, we consume so much we consume so much that like I don't even think we know how much we're consuming but it all it's all absorbed and um, then used you know so so you asked about the zeitgeist earlier, and, and, and yes, I do follow the zeitgeist, but also the zeitgeist um, has a really amazing and kind of magical way of uh, existing without even um, consciously trying to tap into it. So every season um, you've created something 
or you have there's a theme to your show or you know an object you've made and you think to yourself like this is it like I'm the only one that's done this I am brilliant and um, the season starts and all of a sudden you see it on four other runways and you're like how did they know but it's the collective consciousness you know it's like we're all looking at the same um, things culturally and we're regurgitating them in our own way, but it, it often means that we, we get to similar points at the same time. But but it's very it's exciting to see. It's interesting to see. It kinda it it to me it makes me feel like I'm like part of part of a community, which I am, you know. Um, but it's fun it's very fun. It's interesting. Yeah. How do people find out about puppets and puppets? Is it from their friends or is it from the press and media or social or how, how do people learn about it? I think social like really is the number one thing that carries everything these days. You know, like if it's not Instagram, it's TikTok. Um, it's definitely, you know, the things are out in the world. And I have friends who, have, you know, will text me from Paris and be like, I saw two cookie bags today in Paris. And I, and I love that. You know, I love when they're when they're out in the world. But information, um, aesthetics image it's all pushed hard and fast through social media so you know i think it's i think social is really what 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 has pushed my brand um hard and fast um more than anything else yeah it's so interesting yeah because it does give you that extra magnification of everything yeah well you know as a designer and an artist i want to understand what does beauty mean to you um, beauty to me, beauty is really, and I know this is something, this is why I love working with you. Um, beauty is an, it's an inside thing. It really does start on the inside and it starts with, uh, how you feel about yourself and, um, how you treat yourself. You know, it's really, it's really about self-love and, um, once you, once you have the, the psychological, uh, you know, evidence or understanding that like you are beautiful and you are great and you are all these things. Like it really does shine through you physically. Um, so to me, beauty is, it like starts in your brain and, um, and as I, as I get older, like I really, I really see that in myself. Like I become more confident in my physical self, the, the, the more I emotionally develop as a person. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I think that it's one of those things that you never appreciate until you're in it, but yeah. maturation and being on the other side of things is very helpful. And, um, and I love that. Yeah. You're so nice and introspective. I try. Well, um, okay, <laughs> what advice do you have for an emerging designer or somebody who's interested in fashion? Because I think um, this is one of those worlds that is so alluring to so many people. I was in my daughter's uh, kindergarten classroom last year, and all the girls had on the wall what they wanted to be when they grew up. And probably 15 girls wrote fashion designer. Wow. And it was so amazing and cool. Yeah. So there are a lot of young people who want to know how to be a fashion designer. So what's your advice for all of those people? I think just know that 
um, know that it's going to be really hard. You know, it's like, of course, fashion feels or seems as if it is a glamorous thing, but it's really hard and it's, there's a lot of sleepless nights and there's a lot of stress, but if you love it and you feel passionate about it, you just have to um, keep pushing because really like the way to success in fashion is, is staying power. It's, it's sticking it out, you know, it's finding a way to like balance your um, emotional life with your work life and your social life so that you can um, keep going. You know, it's about stamina. Yeah, I think um, we tell that to our kids all the time, that just showing up and just staying standing is half the battle. It is. And I love that. It really is. It, it, sometimes it's more than half the battle, you know? Yeah. Just showing up to the office every day. It's like, even when you don't feel good or you've, you know, had a stressful thing happen or you, you don't feel good about yourself or you're like, oh God, like I, I don't know, I didn't sleep well. You know, whatever it is, you just show up anyways in some way um, and you get somewhere, you know? Yeah, it's amazing. I never thought that accountability and reliability were that important when I was a kid. But as I grow up, I realize that they're almost everything. Yeah, they really are. If if you can rely on somebody and you just know that what they say is what will happen, that means the world. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. I mean, um, I recently watched that David Beckham Netflix. Oh, so good. Docu-series, it was amazing. <laughs> and there's that part where his coach on Manchester United was kicking him off the team because he was talking to... Um, Madrid and uh, they, he wasn't going to let him play for the rest of the, the season and David Beckham just kept showing up for practice anyways and the coach had him you know running like laps all day and he showed up every day and he did it every day and eventually the coach let him play because he was accountable and he showed up and even though he had been talking to another team he showed that he that he cared, and he was reliable and um, responsible. So, it's very important, you know, very important. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing yeah. this and being here. How can everybody follow you and stay in touch with Puppets and Puppets? Uh, my Instagram, my my brand Instagram, Puppets and Puppets at Puppets and Puppets. I also have. Um, a web store, puppetsandpuppets.com, where you can buy products directly from me. Um, and if you live in New York, I am at Nordstrom and Bergdorf Goodman. Um, you can go see things in person. Thank you so much, Carly. Yeah, thanks for having me. Mm-hmm.